I would love to say that it's been wonderful, a very fun ride, full of happiness, and you know, like those birds that fly around on Disney movies, like when the spring starts. However, my journey has been very challenging. My first experience abroad was in Argentina. After that, I actually I promised myself that I would never live in another country. And it's so funny how life happens. It's very challenging. I think it's the most difficult thing someone can do to themselves is moving to another country, being in another language, in another culture. There are several situations that are, I don't know, like very difficult because we sometimes we really don't know how is the best way to react in a certain situation. Welcome to Latinx in Power, a podcast hosted by Thaisa Fernandes. Welcome to Latinx in Power. Today we are talking with Lisa Francisco. Lisa holds a bachelor and master's degree in linguistics, as well as a BA in Portuguese language and literature, with fluency in Portuguese, French, Spanish, and English, she has lived in four different countries. Additionally, Ligia is an accomplished visual artist and photographer. Currently, she works as a web manager at DocuSign. Welcome! I'm so, so excited with our conversation, Ligia. Thank you so much for having me, Thaisa. I'm super excited as well. It's four years in the making episode. <laughs> Thank you for your patience and your persistency with me. <laughs> we are finally recording this. I still can't believe it's happening. So in this episode, we'll talk more about Ligia's experience and journey abroad, as well as her proudest achievements and advice for Latinx individuals seeking their first job in the U.S. Ligia will also share her perspective on hope and unsolved issues. I'm so excited. Ligia, what are you most proud of? There are many, many things in my life that I'm proud of. So, for example, some of my achievements. However, I think what I'm most proud of is that I've never made an effort to fit in. So my effort has been always in the opposite direction to stay true to myself. That's not exactly an achievement, but I think like being very focused on my core values brings a lot of positive results in my life. So, for example, you know me, you know, I'm very curious. I'm always studying. That's something that I think it's super difficult to do nowadays, especially here in the U.S., where education is so expensive. So I'm always studying, trying to learn new things, getting new certifications and learning about things that are not exactly work related as well. But I think it all kind of like ends up making sense and uh, different skills come on very handy in some like uh, in my professional life as well. Another example is that I, I'm very focused on kindness and staying, like living as a human being, because I think we're very forced to be kind of like robotic. For example, not never showing our feelings, never showing our vulnerabilities. And there are a lot of environments where uh, being kind can be seen as a weakness when it's actually exactly the opposite. So I think that's what I'm most proud of. I really like what you said about staying true to yourself and not changing who you are just to fit in. And I think it's something very common for Latinxes. And I talk with a lot of people here who maybe when they move to the US, they try to adapt 
maybe look a little bit more American or try to speak like America or like fake their accent or something like that. And when they started to feel more comfortable, they reverted back and brought their Latinidad to everything they do. So I like that you didn't do that. So I think this is very powerful. Yeah, I understand people that do that because there is a lot of pressure. And I think in some ways we can benefit from doing that. I think, of course, there are several things we need to adjust. We need to learn exactly how to dance according to the music, where we are, because we're not going to change. So far, giving an example, I don't know, going to a job interview, there are like several expectations that culturally what is acceptable and what is not acceptable to do. So we cannot be naive and ignore that. But at the same time, we can stay bring our whole self to those situations. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love the part that you said about the kindness. I think it's very important as well. And something that I don't know, maybe sometimes some people forget about that. And it can be different things, right? I remember one day you were working very hard and we didn't have time to stop and have lunch. And then I was like, oh, I can buy lunch for all of us. And they were like, really? can you do that? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I bought it and everyone was so surprised and happy. And for me, this wasn't, it wasn't like a huge gesture because I was going to buy my food either way, right? And I was going to the restaurant to buy food. So I think this is another very important thing too. And I, I think that it's very powerful when you know you can be yourself. I think it relates to what in business we call psychological safety. Of course, it applies to everybody, but especially for us Latinx and immigrants in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you lived in four different countries. You speak four different languages. How was your journey abroad? I would love to say that it's been wonderful, a very fun ride, full of happiness. And, you know, like those birds that fly around on Disney movies, like when the spring starts. However, my journey has been very challenging. My first experience abroad was in Argentina. After that, I actually I promised myself that I would never live in another country. And it's so funny how life happens. It's very challenging. I think it's the most difficult thing someone can do to themselves is moving to another country, being in another language, in another culture. There are several situations that are, I don't know, like very difficult because we sometimes we really don't know how is the best way to react in a certain situation. And we deal with things that people like have no idea and they take for granted. So one interesting example I have a friend that's uh, studying a PhD and one of her professors is very sick. They have a close relationship. The professor called her for a meeting in person and told her that she's very sick, that she thinks she doesn't have like a lot of time ahead. And then uh, the professor said all of this like laughing. It's such a like a weird situation to imagine because it, in Brazil, it would never be like this. And we know exactly how that situation would play. Yeah. It would be very sad. Everybody would cry. Yeah. They would hug and maybe they would just say something like, oh man, this sucks. Yeah, but I think also in Brazil, there's also this sense where people cannot talk about those things. For example, I had friends who were very sick and they didn't tell anyone. And I think it's very hard to also be in the situation when you have a disease that is progressing and you're like a lonely and you're supposed to talk about that only with your family or not feel sad. 
you know, and I know that it's like maybe to opposites that we are talking now, right? But yeah, but I, I know some stories where there is someone sick in the family and they tell everybody, okay, you don't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, it's not like something that's openly talked about. Yeah. But I think, for example, in the situation with my friend, it was she really didn't know how to react because it would not, maybe it wouldn't be appropriate for her to react like how she would like to. Or even like the the entire situation was different. And I think like we have to like living abroad, we face so many situations like this. And I think people have no idea. It's kind of like we carry this very heavy luggage around that also makes our perspective very different on several things. And that's positive. But for example, very often after work, I take time to study to try to improve my pronunciation because it's something that I I want to do. Like I have my personal goals and um, people have no idea. And this is something that probably many of my co-workers, they don't have to spend any time doing this, you know. They never thought yeah. someone is doing that, like yeah. wasting like with quotes, a lot of quotes, their time like doing that. <laughs> Yeah, and they're really, really good apps for that now. But it's so funny because you're just like repeating and saying some phrases to your phone and then seeing, okay, I think like I can improve the pronunciation on this word. I think it's just so interesting. There are so many things that we have to deal that other people really don't. For everybody that is helping their families abroad and all the conflicts that come with that, because in one hand, you want to help your family and on the other hand, you have to deal with the fact that you live in a, such a different reality from everybody else. So I think that's all part of like living abroad. However, I'm talking about kind of like just the challenges. I think it's super interesting. It's definitely for people that really enjoy challenges. And I yeah. think I really like having to constantly learn. And the more you learn, you realize that there are other things to learn. So yeah, this is how my experience abroad has been. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. I think there's always the good and the bad and the sense that we are always learning. And also the sense that we need to catch up, like always, <laughs> because sometimes it's like an expression you don't know, or sometimes there is always something that you're learning. And also I feel there's also an opportunity to inspire or like teach others about your culture or the way of viewing things or like problem solving, I feel, but it's definitely a lot. <laughs> There is a lot of pressure. I think on us to kind of like try to catch up because for one example, we don't have public speaking classes in Brazil when we are, and I think like people here have in high school. I don't just one example. And there are other things that we don't know that are different because I don't know, we didn't have the same experience, but we have other experience. And I think like our problem solving skills are very, very well developed. Kind of like one problem at a time, we resolve a problem, then the next one. Absolutely. And how is your process to change your career? I never planned to change my career. So in Brazil, I worked as a teacher. I was a like a language consultant, worked doing proofreading, translations, and I taught at the university as a professor assistant as well for several years. I was super passionate about all of it. I did my master's, all my education was related to it. So when I moved here, I was already working on the same field, of course, with several different kind of like work streams, but I was already working for more than than 10 years. And to be very honest, I was a little bit bored of doing something so similar. 
And I also realized that I wouldn't be able, for example, to do research. I did research uh, for nine years. I couldn't find anything like not even related. So, for example, with the same theory in terms of like teaching and learning new languages. And I knew if I would start doing research in a very different area, it wouldn't be as interesting for me or with a very different like methodology and theory. I would be kind of like always trying to fight that and bring something from my background. I also understood that if I wanted to keep teaching, I would have to take several certifications to spend a lot of money on something that I didn't know if it would be exactly, it would make sense financially. Because studying in the U.S. is something like extremely expensive. In Brazil, I had, I did all my education for free. I was in college for nine years, got all my degrees, everything, like never spent anything and, you know, very, very high quality. Yeah. So this is kind of like why I decided to try something different, but I didn't really knew at the time how my skills could be transferable to the corporate environment. This is a reality of a lot of folks who move to another country because sometimes what you used to do in your country, you cannot fully translate this new place you're living or sometimes you need additional education, certifications in order to start working. So it's just a very hard process. It is. And also like we have pretty much everybody around us looking down on us. And then it's very difficult to have the confidence to don't look down at yourself, at your journey, at your past achievements, because that cannot be ignored. You are not like born again in another country. You bring all of that, like everything that you have built before. That's like part of who you are. It's part of your thought process. It has like a major impact. I think it's super important to be very aware of that, especially, for example, in Brazilian culture, we are very humble. There is a, like a huge difference on how we portray ourselves. So I think it's super important to like during this career transition that uh, a lot of immigrants, they go through. Unless you, you come out from your country, like being transferred by your company, Pretty much everybody has like huge changes and usually you go back several steps. That was my, my situation as well. I took pretty much the first job I got and I tried to make the best of that opportunity. Being very, always very grateful for people that trust me because I know it's not a lot of people that do that. That's also like a lot of pressure because we feel, okay, I have this opportunity. I need to do the best. I cannot make any mistakes. But I think like for other people that are trying to transition on their career, it's super important to have in mind that you need to be against people that are looking uh, down on you. And I think it's also you need to shift the narrative because sometimes people think you are less than, they look down on you because you came from another country or you had a different career from the thing you're doing now. But I believe, in fact, this is actually our superpower and what makes us unique. For example, in the beginning, I didn't want to talk much when I moved to the US that I was designer. I used to design. I used to do a graphic and UX design for many, many years, and I didn't want to talk about it. And then 
then after a while I realized, no, I should be talking about it because I know I work with product now. I understand design and I know how to work with designers and I can even like design myself. Maybe this is my superpower. So I think we need to also shift the narrative. Even when people look down on you, you're just like, sometimes if you want to do that, you can have a conversation with the person. But if you don't want to do that, just keep that in mind that this is also your superpower. Yeah, and I think that also applies to everyone. If you have a like a different background, like a diverse background, if you are switching career paths. So, for example, once on an interview, I was interviewing someone. They said that they thought it was something negative, that they had a diverse background. And I said, no, that's actually good because you're going to find solutions that other people are not going to think about. And that applies to us. I think we bring a lot in terms of thinking outside the box. And it's exactly how innovation happens with yeah. like diverse teams. Absolutely. And what do you do now? Tell us. Now, at the moment, for over a year, I've been working at DocuSign. I work at the web operations team and I manage DocuSign website. So I work on several different initiatives. It's interesting because I was so sure I wanted to work with education my entire life. And now I really enjoy what I do. So it's super cool. Yeah, I love that, how we can do different things and enjoy different things. And that's incredible. What advice would you give to someone who is looking for their, maybe their first job in US? It's a very mm -hmm. tricky question, but I don't know, like if there's anything you want to share. Yeah, sure. So something very simple that I always do that I think it has helped me a lot. I listen to a lot of YouTube videos from recruiters. So kind of like interview preparation of videos. And I I remember like several years ago before I started working in companies, when I was first looking for my first job here, I would drive. At the same time, I was taking classes at the San Francisco Art Institute, taking photography classes. So I would drive from South Bay to San Francisco listening to interview tips. Of course, there are things that are very basic that you don't need to know. So for example, if it's like the phone screen interview, the first interview, don't do that. I don't know, in the car. Some things that are very, very basic. However, there are other things that are cultural that we may not think about. So for example, saying thank you for your time. It's something that we don't do in Brazil. It's not part of our culture. Even having questions prepared, every time they ask you, do you have any question? So you always mm -hmm. need to have a question. Yeah, so for that, I found a document online as well. I do a lot of research and I try. I'm very passionate about learning about all of this because I think it's really important for us to advance and to change our lives, right? To be part of places where many times we're not expected to be. I have a document with possible questions So every time I have an interview, I select what are the questions that I really want to know. But I use that kind of like as a template for me to make this process of thinking about what are the questions I have. An interview, a job interview in Brazil, I don't know, at least from when I was there, I wouldn't think that an interview, I was interviewing the employee as well. There's some like those important like shifts on our mentality that we can learn a lot. For example, just listening to those videos or doing research online. I think it's also like super important, for example, to have the help 
of other people. For example, you have reviewed my resume several times and you have told me like, hey, you need to add some data on your resume. So that's also like a, a big difference because a resume in Brazil is completely different than a resume here. And we need to sell ourselves very well. So I think that's kind of like the part of that we need to dance according to the music. Yes. And I think this part is very hard for us, like Latinx folks in general, because it's not the way we are taught. It doesn't come naturally, I feel, because we might have this sense that, oh, I shouldn't talk about myself and my accomplishments, because if I'm doing that, I'm bragging and this is not cool. But here's different. If we don't talk about ourselves, our accomplishments, they won't notice us. <laughs> so we need to adapt and maybe add some spices to it, making it like more, <laughs> I don't know, your style, your vibe, but we need to learn how to do that. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was a very long process for me. And I think like sometimes I'm afraid I'm even like sounding arrogant because I'm going too far into that side of like talking about like myself and my accomplishments and what I can bring to the table on a job interview. Also think it's super important, for example, to hire people because there are people that's their job. They work helping other people, especially immigrants on this journey. I think it's like for anyone that's starting or are currently looking for a job, it's very important not to be naive because it's not easy. It's not simple. And we need to make use of all the resources that we have, like a community, being around the people that believe in yourself. And I think for me, it was a big shift when I learned about the informational interview that you can actually send messages to people on LinkedIn because you want to learn more about what they do, their role and the company, whatever you want to learn more. And also the fact that people are very nice and they want to help each other. And I started to make a lot of connections. So I think this is another really good opportunity. I know that the times right now, it's very difficult, very challenging with all the layoffs and everything that is happening with the economy. But I, I truly believe there is still a lot of people out there who are very kind and want to help each other. Maybe I'm biased, but I would say, especially Latinx people, we always trying to help each other because we know the struggle. We know how hard it is. Yeah, no, and I think that's super powerful. And it's very important to have a community to know who are your allies as well. Like your allies at work, your allies on your network as well, not exactly people that work with you. Yeah, that's incredible. Now I'm going to ask you to tell me the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear these questions. I guess like those words, a hope. Okay, a hope for me. I think it's like having time, more time for my creative projects. Cool, cool. An unsolved issue. Might be very silly, but I think about teletransportation. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Can you imagine if we could just like blink the eyes and be with our families? Yeah, incredible. The last skill you learned. I read the book about nonviolent communication. I don't know if that's a skill I have learned yet, but I've been practicing. And also meditation, that's kind of like a long time practice that I feel I'm still learning. So I would say those two. Incredible. We love when people talk about nonviolent communication in this podcast. I think it's the second or third time people say that. That's incredible. I love that. And a favorite book? 
I don't remember now what to say in English, so I'm going to say the title in Spanish. Cien Años de Soledad de Gabriel García Márquez. I think that's one of my favorite books. Ah, oh, that's cool. That's cool. And what keeps you awake at night besides <laughs> your cats and your dog, I guess? Oh, yeah. The cat climbing on my pillow, the cats and dog running around. No, other than that, I think anxiety, because I think we are constantly thinking about kind of like the gaps we have to fill thinking about how I can be strategical on my daily life. So, for example, how I can prepare for some situations, how I can defend myself well. It's something I have learned, like talking to other people and sharing some of my struggles. I realized that there is a lot that we all share, but we don't talk about. And we don't think that it happens like more on a systemic way. So, for example, being like an easy target for mistakes that other people have made. Yeah, that keeps me awake at night. I think there is a very high cost on mental health that comes from being an immigrant. Yes, absolutely. And you mentioned something very interesting, the sense that we always need to catch up. We always need to do something to get ahead because we are some sort of like late in some areas and we always need to work towards this thing that we don't have yet. And how this At the same time, a never-ending process. Sometimes I think, oh, when I will feel that, oh, I'm actually okay where I am. I don't feel that I need to catch up with X, Y, and Z because I wasn't born here and I don't fully understand the culture. I'm not sure if this is going to end and one day I would say, oh, now I'm good. I don't think it will. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, we see ourselves in new situations where you are like... For example, I started selling my art. You have to deal with all the legal parts of doing that. And for example, the taxes, even like for us, like filling our taxes, it's something like so different here than in our home country. So I think there will be always kind of like some new situations where you were like, okay, I was invited to a wedding shower. So what exactly is expected from me? What kind of gift? What is the range of the price? And we need to do research about that. If, for example, if there is no registry or if the register, most of the items have been already bought. So I don't know. There are like so many different things. But I, I think like the main way kind of like to resolve this focusing also on the things that not just on what we lack, but everything else that we bring to the table that other people will probably never know and never have those skills. So for example, because I worked as a teacher for so long, I think for me, it's very easy to talk with people that have like very different backgrounds because I had to make my students comfortable talking to me. Otherwise, they wouldn't feel comfortable to speak a new language and they wouldn't learn. So I think that also it's something that it's positive for me now on a different career. So it's not all about the things that we lack, but all this like amazing diverse background that we have. So for example, for you, your background in design, it's something like super positive that I'm sure makes you work different and find like different solutions to problems that other people wouldn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think only when we are able to shift the narrative and like see ourselves in this different perspective, Not feeling less than, but feeling like, oh, this is what makes me unique. And I think this is pretty cool, you know, because if we still have the sense that I need to do this, I don't have that. It's just, it's a never ending thing. 
Although I feel that we will still continue having this feeling. I need to catch up in some moments, maybe. Maybe not all the time. I hope so. Yeah, but I think you need to focus on the positive as well. So, for example, our background, like changing careers or dealing with all the different challenges that come with immigrating, I think that makes us better leaders because we can see things that other people might not see. For example, discrimination, bullying at work. So I think there are like several skills that we have very well developed that I want to like on our side as well. It's just not all about like lacking things. Absolutely. Totally agree with you. And what's your superpower? So I used to think that my superpower was that I speak several languages. And then I saw myself learning Italian. First, because I wanted to learn, I was curious about it, but I realized that it was mostly because I wanted to kind of like have that other language because I thought I needed that. I needed that for people to see that I am not, I'm not stupid <laughs> because I think it's kind of like, sometimes we feel that way, you know, because we have an accent and sometimes like people talk to us differently. They ask if we are familiar with things that are very basic. So for example, I've been asked if I'm familiar with time zones. <laughs> oh my god someone asked me if i used to see a lot of animals on the streets in brazil and i was like oh actually i see more wild animals here in san francisco for example i'm not used to see a coyote or a raccoon or like mountain lion because yeah. i never saw any animal in brazil <laughs> I used to live in like big cities and they have the sense of like, oh, you were like living with the animals. Yeah. And it's so different because all those expectations and the bias that people have like toward us, it's so opposite for me because, you know, at Brazil, I went to a very prestigious university, kind of like similar to uh, Ivy League here. So in Brazil, when I say where I studied, people look different at me. And here is exactly the opposite. <laughs> I remember first when I started applying for jobs, I would just get interviews for jobs that uh, require just high school mm -hmm. and it was like very difficult because I have a master's most of my classmates are professors now I have like several classmates that are teaching on like very prestigious universities as well have classmates that are diplomats So I realized that I was doing things kind of like to prove myself in that way, like with a number of languages that I spoke. And I think that was just, it's just wrong because people that look down on us that have already made their mind about who we are, they might change, but that's not our place to do. It. And we cannot leave thinking about that to prove them wrong. Yeah. I think it's just like distract us from our goals. So I yeah. think my superpower is actually how persistent I am and my problem solving skills. Mm -hmm. Agree. <laughs> and we are talking how this question, it's very difficult to answer What does it mean to be a Latina for you? I think it's very difficult to answer at the same time. I think it means different things for different people. And maybe it also changes uh, depending on where you live or which stage you are in your life. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts now. Yeah, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me that. I was really hoping we would finish without that question because it's so difficult. I think like in, in Brazil, a lot of people don't feel that they are part of the Latinx community because of the languages. However, it's almost like if Latin America was a big family and we have several different cousins, you know, you meet other people from Latin America and then you just like really recognize so many things that are similar. Of course, there are several differences. Differences. 
as well. It's not like we are all the same. Even like Brazilians, we're not all the same. People have different like backgrounds and come from different upbringings. But I think like being a Latina is kind of like being part of uh, that family. And when I moved here, I was kind of like adopted by a Chilean community. And I really felt that it was just so helpful and so positive. I feel so grateful for that. I think that's part of being Latina for me. And of course, like all the struggles as well, kind of like you, you keep learning about things that other people go through as well, that you thought it was just you. And then you learn, no, this is happening to several of us. Yeah, I love your answer. I think it translates so well. A big family and a lot of different people that are similar at the same time, very different. You always have that cousin that you love and the other one that you don't like that much. <laughs> You're like different ways, different kind of food and like religion. So I really love your answer. And yeah, it was a great time. I love to have you in the podcast. You know that. So I'm going to leave the last minutes for you to share anything you want to share and also where people can find you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy we recorded. You know, I've been super busy, didn't have time to do this. But now that we have done, it's kind of like, I want to keep going, keep talking. So thank you so much for the invitation. And if people can find me, I think like mostly if they are curious about my photography, they can find me on uh, Instagram. My Instagram is uh, Ligia Francisco Art. And they can also find me on LinkedIn. Incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.